My running theory is that the the Space Marine ones are just going to have a new supplement in them, and they're just not going to have said anything. Like, you're going to open it. You, you just open it. It's like the new Raven Guard supplement. You're like, what the fuck is this? Hi, everybody. Shit. Good Start evening. Out, Dennis. <laughs> what do we do? I guess I'll do it. All right. Because I made Sorry. Anthony too sad before the podcast started. for, So he had to hit the play button because he wanted to be less sad. I don't know why he thought that would work. Get me out of here. But hello, everybody. This is episode 21 of Stat Check. Nine Flamers Flaming. As you can guess, we probably have some chaos things to talk about today. <clears throat> And as you can also see, we are minus one Team Scotland captain, Innes, who is taking a well-deserved night off. So he kind of let me do this really badly. So I'll do plugs halfway through like he does. Otherwise, welcome to the show. And how was your weekend, Jeremy and or Anthony? My weekend was pretty good. I played a shitload of 40k this weekend. Um... Yeah, it starts to blur together after a while between the TTS and the real life games. Um, I am not not doing a good job of mentally segregating the things now, so it all just smashes together. Um, I've taken on more of an expanded role in doing Team USA stuff, so I am very, very busy all the fucking time now. Um yeah. Doing my best. Oh, hello, chat that all said hi at the same time. <laughs> Jamie and Alex and Charles and that one guy whose name is literally that one guy. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, things have been good. Um, two weeks till Mythicos event. It's going to be wild. Uh, I've been playing my, my creations nonsense list featuring the Black Mace now. Um, it's it's funny. It's definitely a thing that exists. Uh that army definitely does not ask a lot of me as a pilot unless it's a really unfavorable matchup. So <laughs> that part's cool. Um, hello, more of people in chat. Uh, but yeah, my weekend was good. Uh, how you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing all right. Um, feeling a little under the weather. I figured just a bit of con crud creeping in. I went to a team event this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, 50 of us crammed into a room. Lots of fun. But it was a great, it was a great weekend. It was put on by... Uh, by the assistant captain for Team Canada this year, Bruno. Um, we took the the Canhammer crew down there and beat them senseless. <laughs> we stole more of the Montrealers' medals. Would be the Can't best way of putting it because the first and second place teams were both out of towners. Yeah, that's what they get for speaking mostly French. Pretty much true. Bam. I probably shouldn't say that since I'll be in France in like three weeks and they might find me. Yeah. <laughs> just pilfer some of their team medals. I don't know. Find a. I'm, I'll just sneak into a store one day and just take all of their team medals and walk out. Okay. <laughs> Quickly, get the American. Oh, Jesus. I'm very obviously American as well. It just won't yeah. help. I don't, I'm not nearly fashionable enough for all this. Yeah. That's that pretty good amazing. that you guys won the event without any notable players on your team or whatever you said last week. 
Francois would not let me forget that. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, you get to not live that down for forever. Pretty much. Yeah. You really should just make Francois's jersey this year. Non-notable. Unnotable. Yeah. Yeah. The, Sorry, uh, Francois. You are permanently known as as the unnotable. Is he number one in Canada yet? No, he's not. Uh, Riley is still number one. Slacking then. Yeah, like he's not farm, He's farming those uh, those prairie events that we can't make our way out to. Number one's number one, bro. It's true. Yeah, if he hadn't run into eighteen flamers round five of our GT last weekend, he would have won. But he did. No, nope. played a really well practiced, notable professional player, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nick, friend of the show, Nick, who yeah. managed to get an event win. <laughs> did he win or did his Flamers win? Oh, he definitely he definitely played that very well because there were other people who brought Thousand Sons and Flamers. I think there were four others at that event, mm -hmm. uh, and he was the only one to go undefeated with them. So clearly, skill. All right, clearly. I guess this he's, time he's, it's fine. Nick can be the notable until further notice. Then Nick yeah. the notable. Yeah, Nick the notable. Oh, I'm gonna go change his Discord name. <laughs> um, for fun shenanigans like that, you can join our Discord and be a member of our Patreon. <laughs> Get your nickname changed randomly on the middle during the middle of the show. Yeah. Um, Nick is great. I guess I should go. I didn't do anything 40k related. I just it was Thanksgiving weekend, so there was no 40k that was notable. I played a couple games with New Guard on TTS, and that was kind of it. New Guard is very good. That's all I'll say on that topic. Uh, really, don't say. Really, really excited to watch people cry as like ten Casser can teleport out of the middle of nowhere and then like pop three hundred points for the stuff for two CP. It'd be great. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to somebody who kept telling me that they uh, that I should build eighteen Sentinels, and I was like, that seems unwise, but sure. <laughs> we can talk about that later, Jeremy. We can talk about it later. Uh, we'll do a whole guard segment in the middle because apparently last week when I was listening in, they were like, we don't want to talk about guard stuff because Nathan's not here, as if I'm some kind of expert. I'll just get up and leave. No, you're not allowed to. You got to stay here. I listen to you in Innis, wax philosophic about all kinds of bullshit all the time. Man, I hate guards so much. I know, bud. I know. Which do you hate more, guard players or custody players? Custodes players, it's not close, but the like <laughs> the almost as much as I just I have disdain for Admech players, they are their army is as good as it deserves to be right now. Um, the what was I gonna say? Are you gonna tell the entire set of viewership you're almost joined the military story before you talk to them about guard? Because I feel like that's important. Oh god. It's funny because I hadn't even remembered that that existed. And Anthony like mentioned it to me in a chat once and I was like, "God damn, Anthony, I hadn't even remembered this memory like un undug yeah, he like just... dug out an ancestral memory from almost 20 years ago." Yeah. And I was like, "But I don't do that at the table. I didn't even remember it until you reminded me of it." Uh -huh. So I Every guard player's got a story. I will tell you, though, if you bring that up at the table, you're probably a terrible person for it. Like, don't do that. Just leave people alone. Come on, bro. Keep that stuff to yourself. 
or at least if you have a story, have like this, the, the propensity to tell like the part where you didn't join because you have like flat feet or something. I don't know. No, that's the whole thing that they're like, Don, dude, I got these, uh, you know, bone spurs where I get like real tired at night. So I couldn't, I couldn't join. Not because I was never going to join. Um, See, I, I at least got threatened with complete and total disownment. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Like, <laughs> although I'll tell a story to people in discord at some point about like the whole after effects of that with yeah. my, with, with stuff, but that can be a discord only story that I'm not going to broadcast on YouTube for. Like, yeah. I mean, you ended up in academia. Clearly it did some form of psychic damage. <laughs> Definitely did psychic damage, not only to me, but also to my brother, apparently. <laughs> but again, later, <laughs> um, I guess we can talk about stats for the week and then we can do plugs because that's what we'll do today. And since me and Jeremy are both on, we can talk about stats super extra hard and watch Anthony's like brain actually. I'm just going to mute and lean back. Ready? Go. Um, first, we'll just talk about some of the overrep data from this week. So I'm going to let Jeremy do that because he's. Do you have this spreadsheet in front of you or should I just do it? Of course I do. Okay. Why don't you talk about this week's data and then I'll do the day, the meta dashboard data at the end. Sure, that's great. And we've also updated uh, the ELO and CRS, so we can talk a little bit about that, but there hasn't been much movement in the top. Um, so rounding out the weekend, kind of not really surprising anyone was Chaos Demons with a 65.2% win rate, a two event wins, and an overrep of 3.45. 22 players, so not a small sample size. Over 100 games played. Demons are on fire surprising <laughs> kind of no one right now because this has just been going for the last few weeks and it's it's funny every single time that i do my uh, my faction ranking update i just see demons climbing further and further up to the point where i think next week if this continues they're actually going to unseat harlequins who have sat at the top of our faction ranking since i launched it back in july that'd be wild yes uh, rounding so second place and really on their heels is the leagues of OTAN. Eleven players, a sixty-seven point five percent win rate, one event win, and an overrep of two point three. Uh, sisters, not too far behind them. Same number of players, same number of event wins, same num same overrep, but only a fifty-five percent win rate, only. Uh, then rounding out the top five, we have Chaos Soup, 31 players. Almost all of that is some variant of X plus Flamers. So T-Suns with Flamers, Bile with Flamers, Black Legion with Flamers. You know, everyone loves taking those things. And a couple Emperor's Children with Flamers because not all TOs are reasonable human beings. Um, it sounds to me like the real recipe for success here is just... If you can find a way to fit 12 to 18 flamers and like a cheap HQ, you're, you're kind of set so that you can just do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, like Thousand Suns are sitting in like the 50 to 54% win rate most weeks. And Thousand Suns with flamers are sitting in the 58 to 62% win rate. So all you got to do to make your Thousand Suns win more is take out 500 points and put in 500 points of flamers. Uh, and then... Rounding out the top five. Oh, they had a 62.9% win rate, two event wins, and an overrep of 2.04. And then finally, you have Tau, totally dead faction, 23 players, 43% win rate, but a 1.65 overrep. So, shout out to those absolute heroes throwing all their games so that people could keep winning events with them untouched. 
yeah, and I think we'll get to that when we talk to the meta dashboard. I'm pretty sure that Tower's still looking similar in the uh, skill matter slash win mat slash what the fuck area of. Oh no, not the what the fuck. What the fuck is down here? But yeah. in that top quarter of skill matters and too strong because you just look at the breakdown and it's casual players are dragging the win rate down considerably compared to experienced tournament goers. Which is definitely not happening to CSM. Seth is asking the very important question of, is that a Chaos Christmas sweater, Anthony? This is a Chaos Christmas sweater. Perfection. So I guess we can talk about the dashboard very quickly because we don't want Anthony's brain to explode if we talk about too much math today. You can talk about math as much as you want while you're both here. You probably should. I just can't contribute a ton to that part. I know, bud. But we won't. We won't. We're going to talk about the meta dashboard that I love the titles on so much. I just I love, love that, clip, names. That, that clip did this. So we have quadrant one where skill matters, where you have a high differential between veteran and casual with veteran having the higher win rate. You have two strong where both veterans and casuals both have a high win rate. You have the WTF quadrant, which currently has two factions in it, um, which is where casuals have a higher win rate than veterans. And then you have the most fun quadrant, which is the objectively bad quadrant, which is where all the factions that exist that have both bad veteran and bad casual win rates. Are you thinking about the Ultramarine one? Yeah, there's an Ultramarine one right here with a 28% veteran and a 40% casual. How are they not in the bottom right? Because their win rate is still terrible. Oh, they're just their win rate is so bad that it's like their win rate is so bad that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Like you'll you'll still see some big difference, but it's just like space will. Oh, I understand now. Thirty-one percent veteran, forty-nine percent newcomer. That is almost in the WTF category, but their overall is so low that they just don't factor if you're under 50 on both of them you're in this quadrant gotcha it just means you're bad but if you're over 50 into casual and under 50 with a better with the veterans then you get to be put over here in the wtf quadrant with imperial knights who have a 62 percent casual and a 47 percent veteran win rate that doesn't make any sense just at all (laughs) dude that's so many games played like not in general i know four and eleven is like a crazy number but but that's a fair number of games to have that result that's a lot of games played that's pretty funny (laughs) the other entertaining one is craft world eldar who have a 54 percent casual win rate and a 49 percent veteran win rate i also don't understand that one at all this one has 624 games played in it it's fun and then, and then Custodes, perfectly balanced, right in the middle. 49 and 50, it's great. That's there's another. Good. I think there's another symbol right under it, which is the Grey Knight symbol, which I can't click on because the Custodes symbol is overlaid directly on top of yeah, it. Yeah, the sisters are real close there as well, but... Yep, just right up here. Now, one thing to note, this is just since the balance data slate. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We don't have a ton of data for that at the moment. Where's the baby of the group? <laughs> Thanks, easy peasy. Uh, Innis got jabbed today for all of his flu, COVID, usual jabs, uh, and is feeling a little under the weather, so he will not be joining us this evening. The I'm going to America, oh God, science help me. <laughs> Basically. I think the most important thing that I is on this chart, though, is this. This is what I think the most important piece of this is. 
Look at that scary. Look at that juicy 67% veteran win rate for Leagues of Otan and a 56% casual win rate with only 200 games played and an overall win rate of 57%. And that's a lot of it with not even having the full codex online. I'm sure it's fine. Sure, it's fine. We'll see. We'll see how good, how fine it is. They went up to 67.5% win rate with all of their data sheets suddenly activated and won another event. So definitely it's all okay. Did did GSC sneak into too strong? They did. Nice. And again, oh, if you look at it, the casual versus veteran. The casuals are still winning more with the GSC at 59% <laughs> versus the veterans, which is 52. They're a bit um, close to the what the fuck quadrant. Yeah. Which honestly is probably where GSC should be just for the fun of it, because GSC is such a WTF faction, just generally speaking, that I think it's kind of amusing. Where's that? Which one of those is CSM? Is that Red Star or Black Star there? Uh, I mean, doesn't matter. <laughs> the purple, they're right on top of each other. So purple is Chaos Soup, and then Neither red is Chaos is CSM. Demons, and CSM is... Oh, to the left. I see it. All right. It hovers directly between bad... And it's it's at bad. it's at a fifty percent on there's veteran, chaos yeah. space marines yeah right there so you have chaos space marines here with a fifty veteran and a forty seven percent casual and then you have chaos over here which might be a problem with a fifty six and sixty and then demons which also might be a problem with fifty four and sixty so it's interesting to see that casual versus veteran dichotomy start to break up a little bit because it used mm-hmm. to be it was just all veteran all the time. And yep. we've seen more factions kind of scoot into a world where the casual win rate is higher than the veteran win rate. What's the top right one? This one? It's Imperium. Oh, it's... That's it's like I was talking about in our chat earlier, that Imperium soup is... I think it's like 70%, 70, like 50 of the... 40 or 50 of those games is sisters with some variant of knights. Mm-hmm. I see. It's Bloody Rose it's 60... with Hunters of Beasts or Bloody Rose with like Blessed Arms or something else. But the Bloody Rose Hunters of Beasts combo is seeing a lot of play in Europe right now. It's also no only play games. on our side of the pond. Dude, it blows up Harlequins. Yes, yes, it does. Especially when they don't run light. Yeah. Then we'll click on the next part because I find this amusing. This faction wind trends from October 30th through November 27th. Where everything is just kind of here. <laughs> yeah. So do me a favor. Expand the meta to uh, since the demons came out. So Nephilim 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Don't include the custom missions. Yeah. So you can see even from back of September, everything is really collapsed into there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much collapsed into the 55 to 45 range. There's like some stuff still outside of it, mostly chaos or mostly loyalist marine factions and Titanicus of various varieties. I do think there's one thing that I want to uncheck and then I'm going to recheck it. So we're just going to uncheck chaos demons real quick. And then I'm going to just check leaks of Otan. Mostly because I just want people to see this. So we started out with like 52, went up to 56. It went down a little bit, but we're climbing up again now that the full kind of range is starting to turn on. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, are starting to catch up with both all the data sheets being on and the faction starting to get played more. And like people are catching up on hobby. So we're going to start seeing like a ton more of this just happening 
and we're yeah. going to start getting good data on Leagues of Otan. And everybody has to remember, this is post pretty significant nerfs of Otan. 15 to 20% on most uh, on most data sheet costs. They lost like a quarter of their army before they released, and this is where we're at. So what I want to tell everybody is, is like, they're currently doing great. And the faction got nerfed immediately because of complaints about them being too powerful. Now imagine if they had 400 points more stuff. Like where this win rate would be, would be. And nope. I want to tell every Votan player who thinks the nerfs were too hard to stuff it, <laughs> basically, is my summary yeah. statement of this. All right. I'm going to stop sharing my screen because I think we've all had enough of staring at pretty lines that Cliff puts together. All the kudos to Cliff for getting that updated today before we did the show so that I can present fun graphs on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, and then... Jeremy mentioned this. I'll just go through the CRS and then the pure ELO scores real quick so people can see where the top 10 kind of is at. Uh, first place is Tom Ogden. I don't think that's really changed at all. Uh, second no. place for CRS is Manny Chima. Third is Vic Vijay, a friend of the podcast, Vic Vijay. Uh, Mike Porter in fourth. Nassim in fifth. Jack Harpster in sixth. TJ Lanigan in seventh. Marshall Peterson in eighth, Brett the Catacan Urbanowski, and then is in ninth, and then our own Innis Wilson is in tenth on the CRS. So that's the He's climbing. ELO plus faction performance situation. And then Anthony, uh, our leading violent member, is in fifteenth overall. Not to leave him out. For pure ELO, the situation is a little bit different. So this is not taking into account faction performance. We have Colin McDade in first, Mike Porter in second, uh, David Gaylord in third, Thomas Ogden in fourth, Manny Chima in fifth, John Lennon in sixth, Michael Duff, which is a name I've never heard before, in seventh, Anthony in eighth. Uh, it's in all caps, Nathaniel Bjorga in yeah. ninth. I can only think that that's how I'm supposed to say it. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Olivas in tenth. And then Innis is in 19th on this in pure ELO. LGT just smothering him. Mm -hmm. Basically. So that is your CRS and ELO update. We'll probably update you again in like a couple weeks, probably before the holiday going into LVO. We'll probably update again, but otherwise we'll probably just update as it shifts, as we see change in movement going into it. Otherwise, you can find both that in the dashboard on www.stat-check.com, uh, where you can find the meta dashboard, CRS, ELO, and our faction ranking system, as well as our articles and the events that we sponsor as well. <laughs> and then Vic saying he's third in CRS, but 47th in ELO. It's true. Well, you can't beat anyone good, or you play factions that are too strong, so when you lose with them, it looks really bad possible take your pick Vic you could be either of those could be true <laughs> mm -hmm. or you've just lost a couple games that you really shouldn't have lost from an elo perspective and you just win everything else throwing it's true <laughs> we're not going to talk about standard deviations easy peasy lemon squeezy um <laughs> nobody nobody really wants to see it um they make, they make me I'm sure somebody wants to but that's just a data nerd thing that we don't need to deal with in life today. 
Um, anything else we want to talk about from this week or last week in stats? Because I know y'all were here. I'm going to call it Vic right now. That is saying his CRS is high because he's not taking the strongest factions. Vic, what are you taking to, to Lester this weekend? Does it have 18 flamers in it? I think it's only got 15. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only 15. We could pull it up right now if we wanted to because lists are live for Lester. Do oh, we yeah. want to just to annoy Vic? Where's uh, where's Gokul on the ELO and the CRS stuff? He's got to be quite high. He just keeps doing well. Uh, Jokul is 139th in ELO. And he is 275th in CRS. There's, that's a man that pays, plays powerful factions usually. Yeah, he also only has 28 games in our system. How's that? I, I'm now wondering about that. Maybe Homeboy needs an update. Maybe. Might also be one of those problems where um, <clears throat> certain characters don't get translated properly, so they ended up having oh. multiple entries. So there's eight yokels in the ELO and CRS right I now. mean, <laughs> there's definitely a possibility of that. As I learned while gathering stats for Team Scotland's, like, matrix stuff that uh -huh. <laughs> that we work on in the background um which jeremy is being a huge assist on there we learned that there are like multiple people with the same name depending on how they enter it in bcp nice. sometimes one version of your name has a higher win percentage than the other one i won't name names but i definitely oh, i will names. maddie oh. gibson stop changing <laughs> your name in, in bcp because i've noticed that you are now matthew john gibson which means i need to update things again Damn it, Maddie. Look, Maddie, you got to stop this, or I'm going to find a way to get you no longer on the team because I just, don't want to track it. Just show up and just rub his shoulders, bro. Break some down. <laughs> bring, bring, a bring a massage gun with me and just like hammer it home. No, it's got to be your hands. Oh, it has. And I also did just check. No, actually, Yoko only has five GT plus events this year. Oh. All right. He played at the Alliance Open this weekend where he went six and one and finished fourth. Well done. That's uh, a really good run. That is an amazingly good run with Tyranids no, uh, on top of that. Um, he went 4-1 and one at the LGT, finished 64th. 4-2 and two at War Masters, which again, holy fuck, doing that well at War Masters is really good. 3-2 uh, and two at the Bristol GT and 4-1 and one at Manchester. Yeah. Man's a killer. Literal mm -hmm. former esports pro, by the way. Nice. Now I can shame Vic, by the way, who... We all enjoy quite a bit and love his show, 40K Fireside, but we're going to shame him for the number of flamers he has. <laughs> I can't believe it, Vic. Vic, you are the problem with competitive 40K. Or he has email 14 flamers, two units of five and a unit of four. Uh, um, he has 10 Scarabacult Terminators, one, two, three, four, five, six units of five Rubric Marines. An Infernal Master... An exalted sorcerer and then Armon in occulted duplicity. Yeah. Good list. And I don't want to. He also has Fate Skimmer with Bolt to change an infernal gateway. You know, for does fun. It, does his Fate Skimmer have the retinue of horrors or is he trolling? Retinue of horrors is on it. Yeah. Okay. That would have been funny if it wasn't. I'm not going to read out every single did you, your option in your you, army, Vic. Did you actually put plasma pistols on all your inspired? He did. They all, have, they all have plasma pistols. He has a soul reaper cannon in every 
And Vic, please, why? Vic, you, you give them the goddamn flamers, not the plasma pistols. It's okay. He's just really got the flamers on them, but he's going to try and take a 10-point loss round one. Just Don't worry. Me. It'll be misery, misery in the next few events after Vic wins the Laster Open. Like, eight people will be copying his list in every event from now on, basically, and it'll be terrible. Yeah. He's the cause of my misery and everybody else's. Anybody else that wants to get shamed live on air, please submit and let me know. And we'll we'll read out your <laughs> list and shame you live when we don't have enough content to talk about. Um Jeremy, what's quick... oh what what's uh what's Liam's rankings in the, the CRS and ELO? Uh our good friend Vessel. <laughs> Yeah, because if you could include internet clout and how good everybody knows he is, he'd be real high. But I'm curious what the uh, the data numbers say. Liam is ranked 108th in the CRS. Mm-hmm. He is 18, 2, and 1. He actually jumped 100 ranks this weekend. Yep. Uh, because, you know, he had a really good Gaming. run at the Alliance Open. Uh, and then uh, he is 86th. In overall ELO, he again jumped 116 ranks this weekend. Yeah, that guy is a murderer. He's the best player that like isn't a household name. He really should be at this point. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Asher monster. We can we can also shame you and Chris in later episodes when we see your lists. We can shame <laughs> the both of you. Also, yes, Nathan doesn't know how to pronounce Leicester. I don't know. Lester. 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 No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna abuse it from now on. It's gonna be Leicester. Oh god, more. that's so painful. <laughs> you guys, you so can't bad. shame me into it either. <laughs> you should say it in like a bad Minnesota accent as well, like Leicester. Look, I don't know how to pronounce no Leicester. Sounds oh. like Lake Esther. There are no boats and no fish in that lake. There you go. I did that live on air and I've shamed everyone in the nearby radius. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. We're not doing this anymore. I'm pretty sure my wife's going to come over and yell at me later for that and embarrassing her, everybody in public, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't we talk about something else like guard and then we can do plugs and then we can oh. do questions. Guard. Look, we're gonna talk about it. Be yeah. Good. Oh, Nathan Ed- pronounced Edinburgh. I can do that one. I don't care. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Keith Davis says, "I'm a worse person having heard that." Thanks, don't Keith. worry, Keith. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about guard now. Now that I've been distracted by chat repeatedly, like some kind of squirrel who's found a shiny thing. Yeah. Focus. It's such a pretty book. It is a pretty book. Mine just arrived from UPS today. <laughs> so I have to go get it in a little bit and bring it up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been lost uh, in the post for so long. Oh, uh, I will say, uh, when I was doing stats this weekend, one of the things I noticed, uh, there was an event done in Mexico that actually used the new book for a GT. 32 oh, people. That's awesome. And the book came out on Friday. So they're like, yeah, you can use it on Saturday. And it definitely Gaming. included unreleased models that were being proxied. It's mostly <laughs> cool that there was a 32 person event in Mexico. Hell yeah. I do love that. Yeah. Every every time I see like the list of events and there's like 
places I don't necessarily expect or cities I don't expect. I'm always kind of excited to see how that goes. That was the most exciting part of writing the frontline like article series for them was getting to reach out to all sorts of folks, like reaching out to the first South African GT organizers was great. Mm, that was awesome. Good. They're very proud of that getting run. Yeah, I had a I had a lot of fun with uh, I think it was an event in <laughs> Peru or Chile. I feel terrible now, but I reached out to them because they their stuff wasn't fully up to date in BCP. So I just kind of reached out to the T. I was like, hey, you know, when you're going to have stuff updated, if not, can you send me like a doc with lists or anything like that so I can wrap this up? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah sorry, the, the venue had no Internet, so we couldn't do anything. So all the pairings and whatnot are going to be updated afterwards because we were recording them on paper. Right. Uh, and then I did the courteous thing and handed his contact info over to the Frontiers guys because that's exactly the kind of stuff that they want to talk about. Look, 40K Frontiers is a great podcast. That does indeed, as Alex Towson just posted in chat and didn't let us do it. Someone who does a podcast interviewing people from wonderful parts of the planet that we don't usually hear about. Go listen to 40K Frontiers on a network that delivers it, I guess. Yeah, if I remember correctly, they most recently uh, had an interview with the illustrious Steve Joel of Steve Joel's Wonderful World of 40K. Whose show, 40K Game Changers, I also enjoy quite a bit, just to be totally honest. Nathan, I'm going to send you Hydar's name. You have to try to pronounce it. This is the last one of these we're going to do. You're going to send it to me on Discord? Yeah. <laughs> How do you want me to pronounce it? Do you I want, want me to pronounce just, it? I want just like your your unadultered first look. First attempt. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many letters that shouldn't exist. Uh-huh. What What is the P that's not a P? Read it. Say it. Hadar Poor Stefansson. All right. That wasn't the word. He's actually not that far off. It's. I think Hadar would disagree, but I, I think that that Hadar, was a good effort. For what someone who has Hadar never been to do, Iceland, he's not yeah. far off. Yeah. That's fair. So, Hadar, what I want you to do is to send me... Oh, that's Thor. Thank you, Hadar. So, Hadar, what I want you to do is to send me a audio clip and we'll play it in the next show somehow. Or we'll there you go. That'll be the cold one. open of the next show. That'll be the Hadar cold saying his own name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll play it as the cold open for next week's episode. It'll be great. Um, Just Thor. If anybody else wants to make me do a terrible job pronouncing things, sure, send it to the show and I'll do my best. If you can put it in the Discord show questions, you might get it in this episode. Go quickly. It's true. You actually, you probably will because I'll probably be reading <laughs> that effing P or yes. <laughs> That's now your nickname in our Discord, Hadar. Congratulations. Anthony, yeah. go change it. Is <laughs> Hyder in there? I don't um, think so. He hates us. God damn it, Hyder. We even I'm... met you and everything. All right, Anthony, you can't escape anymore. The book. Uh, fuck. Somebody damn. asked. He's trying. He's somebody trying so hard. <laughs> somebody asked to see the back of it as well. Can you want to show us the back of that book, like in a little? Ooh, look at that Rogel Dorn. It would have been way funnier if Curie just spun around in his chair. I, I, I was can... like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> just... I just got pinged like twice. First thing, <laughs> I would pronounce things during the question section. That was excellent. Good job, folks. Go bother Nathan and show questions. <laughs> it's great. Um, all right. 
So what do you think on first pass of the book, Jeremy? And then I'll say what I think of the book on first pass. I'm going to say this right now. All of my assessments are based on the assumption that everything in the data slate for guard goes away. That's fair. Maybe they keep armor of contempt on their vehicles. Maybe. But I don't think that even that is necessary for how good some of the data sheets and how good some of the army rules are now. Mm -hmm. I think... The only thing I can envision staying and like part of my assessment is like a little colored by my assumption that Armor of Contempt will, will stay. But I've been playing practice games as if Armor of Contempt and all the other stuff from the data slate is removed. Yeah. And that's what, you know, because I'm I'm one of the ones that's often consulted for, for the Ontario TO groups. Um, and they're just like, how do you want to deal with this? Because people want to play the new book. And I was like, well, GW hasn't ruled on it. GW hasn't made any comments. The best that we have is when they released the last data slate, they said that the codex would supersede it. But we don't know how much of that. So the guidance that I've been giving, at least for the locals, is just assume the data slate doesn't exist for guard. They take the indirect penalty. They don't have any bonuses or anything. And if the book stands up on its own, great. If it doesn't, then we hope that GW addresses that. But... Like my initial ass- assessment from reading through it and watching a couple practice games is the book is very strong. Um, mm-hmm. It it has, I mean, it's it's a gunline army. There's that has never really changed about guard. Yes, they have their ponies now, which are really strong, but they're a counter charge and maybe a little bit of a fast threat every now and then. But because they're cavalry, they suffer from a lot of the penalties that a lot of other things do so you can't hide them effectively without really hindering how far you can threat with them yep i think i agree too like there are some melee elements in the book but one of them doesn't have like a ton of ap which is bulgren and then the other one dies if somebody sneezes at it which is rough riders like they're both reasonably good melee units, but I don't think either of them is about to set the math like the world on fire, like the meta on fire, because ponies can't go through buildings, which is going to make them a little bit harder to maneuver. But they're a great counter charge unit. But I, I have a feeling that people are going to be taking a lot more sentinels, which is something we can talk about a little bit later. Like my initial assessment of the book is that the book is very good. I don't think it's Votan good. Although I think their matchup into Votan is okay. I think their matchup into stuff outside of Votan might not be as good. But I think I'll wait to try some more practice games into various things to see kind of how that ends up working out. Because there are some units in that in the book that are just so good. Like, my top three units in the book are definitely similar to most people's, which is Kasserkin, uh, the Lord Solar, and then Lehman Rust Battle Tanks are probably like my top three units in the book which I think is a pretty commonly shared opinion. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, the So team event this weekend, we got to talking, and uh, some of you know him, others know him by reputation, um, uh, but Devin Swan was talking to us and, and preaching the gospel of 18 Sentinels. Uh, <laughs> and we, we did the math on it, and it's, yeah, nine scout, nine, nine armored, and you just take take a death strike, deploy your sentinels nine inches away from your opponent's uh, table ledge, walk into their deployment zone, place a death strike, and charge. 
and say good luck cleaning nine 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 nine. I don't care if I'm going to hit all of my sentinels at the same time with this with this with this warhead. I'm you're dying. <laughs> what happens you... when you go second? What are you supposed to do then? Yeah, you die. <laughs> like actually, that no, doesn't... it's not true. You redeploy two units of sentinels back onto your front line and just sacrifice one unit of them. The redeploy is three units or just two? Uh, it is three, but yeah, I guess you could redeploy all three of them. Yeah. I mean, I think one of their benefits is that they're on 80 millimeter bases now. So that unit of Sentinels now takes up like a lot of real estate. And so Sentinels suddenly... on the 82. Like I, I don't know what people are going to do with the old Sentinels when they try to put them on 80s because you, they're going to look have... comical. Do you have I don't an old have Sentinel? an old Sentinel sitting here, unfortunately. God. Well, I think I shared an image previously, and I'll grab it later if I want to share an image on screen of a new and an old Sentinel next to each other. They're quite a bit larger, but 80 millimeter bases and three of them lets them block like a whole chunk of the board from you moving mm -hmm. through it. Like three Scout Sentinels will just eat up with their with their infiltrate ability. They'll just eat up a lot of real estate, so you yeah. won't be able to do anything about them. Well, the big thing with Sentinels in particular, like 18 is a silly skew list. We acknowledge this, but it'd be a, we, we figured it'd be a hilarious teams list um, in eight man teams. Um, but one of the things with Sentinels is that they have both the platoon and the reg they have the platoon and core, if I remember correctly, which means that you can actually buff them with everything. Yep. I think the other thing to remember is that 18 Sentinels is only 750 points. Uh, like, a bit more than that because you're running nine heavy, nine and eight light. So, ah, uh, fair, yeah. But mask gets a little bit it, different. It's it is very close to that, and then you still have twelve hundred points of trash to to fill out your list with, or twelve hundred points of good units. Like you can still fit three units of Casserkin uh, in there. Hard. <laughs> you could probably take another six to seven Lehman Russes. Yeah, that'd be a lot, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you get all the HQs in if you've put six Lehman Russes in there, but you could. There's definitely like a whole realm of like ideas that I've been hearing though. From like one side, I get a lot of skew talk from like people who run teams events mostly because you could match 18 Sentinels and then like some Lehman Russes into some poor fool who can't do anything about it because those Sentinels are pretty durable. The armored Sentinels have a three up save and then also have all his dust for ranged attacks. I mean, if so you're it's gonna, not like they're. If you're gonna skew, you just you take three death strikes and do that, right? Yes, sure. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe not even bother with Lehman Russes. Just take three death strikes, pin your no. opponent, um, and then just be it. Be a terrifying yes. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you play like twelve Lehman Russ battle tanks, and then make your opponent chew through twelve times thirteen wounds of T eight to up saved armor. Hmm. You can put uh, all no. those, you can sorry. I wasn't talking to you. I saw I got distracted by chat like a puppy with a coin. Oh, Vic yeah. Vic Vijay asked, you guys think post nerf Otan is stronger than guard for singles? I I think they I have know. more good matchups than guard does. Nope. You don't think so? I don't think you so. Don't, you don't think that I think do Votan not have a better matchup into stuff like Harlequins? I don't think Guard's matchup into Harlequins is super duper great. Guard invalidates all three Eldari factions by existing if they take the right amount of mortars. Mm. Yeah, but hitting on sixes with mortars? Fives at worst, right? 
Indirect is a ballistic skill penalty. It sixes. Yeah, but you, get the, but you get plus one to hit from the order. Okay, so yeah, and then minus one, so you're hitting on fives. Right. You just no, you just no flat kill like every elf in the zip code. You're like, all my hits wound. Sorry. <laughs> That's true. That's actually very fair. And uh, while the and while the heavy weapon mortar teams did go up five points, they're still extremely efficient because they also went oh to strength. No. They also went to strength five. Yeah. Yeah. So another strength, strength six when Ursula is ordering them. Yes. Which is yeah. really, really fucking bad if you want to be an elf boy. Uh you just like guard can just build to casually for like by filling out their troop slots and 106 or 65 points invalidate the Eldari faction. Um which seems bad if you're an elf player. Um and then if you fill the rest of the points out with like Lehman Russes, you invalidate the knight keywords while you're at it. You definitely don't even need the Lehman Russes to do the knight keywords. You can just do it with Kasserkin. Yeah, well I'm saying you take two Kasserkin and the rest is Russ, right? And at that point mm -hmm. you have sixty idiots, nine mortars, X amount of Rust, Kasserkin your scoring and secondaries are much better than leagues. Yeah, that you... and I think that's the big thing is that like guard secondaries didn't change. Guard secondaries were really good. Yeah. The problem with most guard armies is you would just get tabled before you could score your fit your your 45 on the bottom. Yeah, now they now... can do instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like if Votan puts out both fortresses at the same time, they'll lose both in the same turn. Because it's the other like, big thing with guard is, you know, you have, you know, example, a unit of Kasserkin with this with the, with the strat support, and then say four Lehman Russes shooting at a at a tank at a at a land fort, and it just got it's gone. I think the Kasserkin split shooting into both if you can land that, plus like a tank each kills both forts. So, I am presuming that the Kasserkin strat gets rewarded so that it is. Proper. It isn't right now. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and yes, Charles, um, guard definitely seemed to counter a lot of team in play when you can just have an order that's de that denies deep strikes within 12 inches. Yeah. You probably you just start on the table like I guess in that situation, but then you're open to getting just mauled by Kasserkin. Mauled by Kasserkin, mauled by mortars, because plus one save doesn't matter when you're being when you have a demon save. It's yeah. true. You just get you just get mauled. That's what I'm saying. Like I think that list, that was the like brigade that I had started to put together and with, mess with. With the 15 mortars, yeah. Yeah, it's just nuts. Like in singles, that's absolutely what I would play if I was going to play guard. And it seems great in teams too. Hmm. It's bananas. Like you have an order that's just like fuck demons and, gar and GSC and anything that wants to deep strike. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> no. I... Yeah, I guess the only problem with that is that you have to. You can only be affected by one order at a time, so you kind of have to make that the decision that you're going to make. Which you're maybe one infantry unit gets it, and then you just move on. Yeah, like you have three infantry units that screen your outer, and then everything on the inside takes the orders that it actually needs to kill you. Yeah, those three things right. can all get it from the same dude because your order is a bubble, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, inches, yeah. Yep. Sorry, I was reading something from chat. There's a yeah, lot of people bad. talking. We're all reading chat <laughs> right now. We're both. <laughs> we're all looking at chat to see who's yelling in it at at this point. I'm oh, pretty no. sure that the guard thing is going to be insane if their pilots aren't like, I really like my basilisks. 
And there's probably going to be a bunch of that. There's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. But thankfully, you can't accidentally take nine of them anymore. You can't. That's true. I think there will be a lot of people who don't want to play the 15 mortar list. And I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, you don't need 15. You could just take nine and take the you could. fucking infantry that can transhuman in the <laughs> middle slots and prevent people from stealing your objectives. <laughs> it's true. Guard is definitely better in singles, I think, than Votan will be. It's no, just less, it's slightly less free than Votan is, where you can just like trundle into the middle on accident and just vomit damage at people and then not die to the recourse. All, all of your shit will die to the recourse if you're not careful at all with your guard units, I think is the only downside for it. Unless you just kill them, in which case it doesn't matter, but yes. So here's you could be cursed Anthony. like me, Anthony. I think, have you watched any of my guard games so far? I know Jeremy has. <laughs> Jeremy has watched my guard games and watched an entire shooting phase kill one model. Yep. <laughs> but that won't happen anymore. It's true. Yeah. It might not. I definitely did kill two armagers in my first kill, like my first shooting phase with my first game with the army. Yeah. And then also watch two other armagers go down to bottom bracket and a big knight go down to middle bracket. I a thousand percent agree with this. I haven't played a long time, but I don't see a world where they make this book not this. I mean, you basically are describing most armies that are pure gun lines. Like this also describes Tau. Yep. Yeah. Like Tau are just faster. That's the if that's Tau the didn't have planes, I wouldn't hate them. But for what it's worth, yeah, I think Tau without Sun Sharks is actually fine. Maybe. Maybe. I think that army is just as untouchable with multiple Riptides doing the the leap backsies. Well, no, they don't have no line of sight shooting, right? So it's not actually free. They have. Is to it no though. line of sight if all of my stuff just pops back behind a ruin? Yeah, because they need the initial sight line, right? If you're yeah, hidden, sure. they can't shoot I mean, you. They could always go back to airbursts. They could, but it's also way less good. It is way it's less way good. It's also way more expensive. Yeah. I, I will say that I agree generally with, with the sentiment that when gunline armies are good, the game overall is worse because the game is less interactive. Yeah. I do think like that's a thing. Yeah. Like, and that's my my biggest problem is is always with the indirect. Like Anthony's pointing out, like it is a valid point. Like even hitting on fives with the with the order, it's a and especially since you can still give them rerolls. Oh yeah. You still have Hammer of the Emperor or whatever it's called now, Born Soldiers. Born Soldiers. So that you don't care because it's volume. And this is one of the things like we saw at the GT last weekend. We had a uh, friend of the show, Zach, running the old guard book. Uh, and he had <laughs> 16 mortars in that list. And it was just a matter of some armies. He like he played into sisters and the sisters player, Chris, who is captain of Team Canada, a very good player, was just like, I guess yeah, I guess, die now. Guess guess I'm dead. Like he would, he would place a, a unit of battle sisters in cover behind a ruin. Now, mind you, he wasn't taking the penalty, but he also wasn't. Uh, he was sitting in dense, so whatever. He was sitting on fives, but just the auto wounding sixes was enough to lift him. Yeah. Hammer is them on twos. Now they will. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's what I'm you, saying. You can. You're just gonna volume that sisters player and hope that they can't like. The two ups probably, but you're gonna volume it. You're just gonna be like, here are three d six of dice each turn on that unit. And I'm just gonna roll dice at it until it all goes away. Mm 
those repenture better never leave a transport and then not being combat with oh, something yeah. or multiple Unless, things. I, I, I'm now very much seeing Anthony's point of them just validating most Eldari. Yeah, Eldari knights. That's five factions just gone. And then into power armor, like, it's not great. Like, Kassa can do terrible things to them. They do terrible things to everything. Because Kassa can, like, get, can get to, what, AP4 now? Yeah. Yeah. You have to dump a bunch of CP to get them to four. I but think. the thing but... is, is that well, it's combined. Well, that if with you want to do the other stuff, you're sure. Yes, if you would like to do other things, then you need more points. But to get them to AP whatever costs one. Yes, one CP. I just mean if you're like looking to peak efficiency that Kassarkin unit, you're That's adding an three. extra CP on top. So it's three be, CP. Yeah, it'd be crazy if you guys had like a way to generate CP and a CP refund and your relics and warlord traits were only like pretty good and CP saving in and of themselves. So you started on like two, but then there was like a there guy. There are like multiple relics and warlord traits that are good in that book. Yeah, right. But they're not like insane. So you start with two or three and then like. Mm -hmm. You have this guy that's like, hey, did you pick the right secondaries? Good job, hero. One more CP. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I think actually Nick has the best comparison, which is that a Kasserkin are a unit of three zones smiting you and then shooting you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Except they're smiting two units right now. Yep, they're smiting two units at the same time. Which yep. I think is the major change that needs to be made to Kasserkin is you need to take overcharge last cells and make it just one unit. Unit. Not just one unit, but just make it so that the maximum output is six mortals. So yeah. if you can do four to one and two to another, if you split fire, sure, go right ahead. But the the current wording where it's a max of six to each target unit is the big problem. I think it I should be the Necron strat. Should be what? The Necron strat, where it's capped at three. I could see that change ha working as well. They can proc it yeah. on fives to hit. It's fucking nonsense. Like, yeah, what are we fives doing? Fives to hit with full rerolls, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... what is happening right now? Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> they're like sixes to wound wink like <laughs> <laughs> um just one cp it's probably you're you're paying at least two cp on that unit per time you want to trigger it yeah stupid um because they need to be you want them to be born soldiers and you want to trigger the fives for auto sixes to wound yeah sure yeah Man, I need to stop responding to chat. It's just right in front of me, and people are like chatting <laughs> in it. And I'm like, God damn it, chat, it's 2CP. No. no. There are some changes that need to be made to the card book. But the I thing think... is that they're all easy changes to make, and they're they're ones that are visible. So they're ones that GW can very easily turn that knob on. True. I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do about the mortar situation. I mean, sure, Eldari struggle, but most other armies don't care. I mean, I'm not thrilled about taking 15 D6 shots directly into my trash units. Stop taking trash units. Don't. Take oh, let me just hold units. my objectives with... <laughs> I don't know. Put what? a rhino on it. <laughs> Put a rhino on it. Yeah. Even the rhino would probably die. The rhino gets fucked, too, dude. <laughs> it's true. It's got... Well, I mean, if they take away... Because they don't have AP unless you put take aim on them, I guess. Yeah, but the AP would go away again anyways because And then contempt. the AP goes away anyways because the Well yeah, but if the if you don't put the AP on it, then that rhino is on like a two up because... no, I don't take two oh, up. No, it's just rhino actually just an okay. AP change. Yeah. The rhino would be fine. Mm -hmm. It'd the, take the... a lot of mortars to pop that rhino. 
Yeah, you wouldn't shoot. You wouldn't do that though. You right? You'd be like, "What's not in cover right this second? Fuck that thing!" All right, we've talked about guard being terrifying. I have to. I still have to find some sweatpants to put on my head to send to Danny because I was wrong. That's yeah. Danny of Grim After Dark fame for folks, so that I explain myself. Because he you said, "Explain." Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he said that if it is pants on head, and I agreed to this bet that I would wear a pair of pants on my head. It will be soon, but not right now. Why don't we transition into questions? What do you want, Anthony? <laughs> Tony, yes. Yes, I said Tony. Our cast are going to do those mortals. It is true. They are going to do mortals against the units that Anthony cares about. Yeah, because the units I care about are in the front. <laughs> they have to do things. When we just stare at guard all game. <laughs> with their Tony. better secondaries while they kill my trash with mortars i'm just gonna oh, can, can i share the other thing that i just absolutely love about our discord before we talk about actually might as well do the plugs real quick and i can share the image while i do this there you go i'm gonna go find the image first because all right well then while nathan's doing that i'll plug the the sites and web and links and all of that uh so if you're watching us right now you know exactly where you can find us uh witch.com slash stat check 40k youtube.com slash stat check uh, if you want to check out the website that we were showing earlier which is the metadata dashboard head on over to stat dash check.com slash the dash dash meta uh, if you like the stuff that we're doing and would like to support us in other ways and hang out in the discord where this shenanigans doesn't ever really stop then head on over to uh, patreon.com slash stat check uh, i believe it's five dollars a month for discord access i can't actually remember i set up the tiers five, a long five dollars us for the discord access and access to all of our bonus content there are two other tiers if you choose to be part of our more for nothing tier which is the six dollars and 90 cent tier or if you one day want to watch anthony just be sad um there's the 15 a month tier as soon as my work stops murdering me we'll do that and then if you join our discord you can also participate in hilarious shit like this oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, this is a jersey where we have turbos v8s um an off-handed remark one time calling anthony's fans his v8s has spawned a jersey um, um it's so much more you, beautiful in person it's so, it is so beautiful direct it's so aggressive for for <laughs> podcast listeners i'm going to describe this for you in case you were unaware there was a movie uh called turbo where there was a snail and the snail from the movie poster has Anthony's face on top of it, and it says Turbo's V8 on a uh, Warhammer 40k Teams jersey. Um, so beautiful. Press, if you do regret it, we might be able to just make more merch of it for funsies. We'll just get the design from the person who made it, um, and we'll figure it out. We're also going to have actual stat check jerseys <laughs> for order at a certain point on the Discord, and Discord will get first first dibs essentially on the merch as we produce it there are dice that are now prototyped that we have made they are so the dice i will say right now are fully made we are waiting on because we got them made with a bunch of other dice for my local game store i was thinking I think it was a batch of like twenty thousand dice the stat check we've got two thousand dice a thousand white a thousand black 
We will hopefully start selling them soon, but we do need to actually, I want to make sure that we actually have them before we start selling them. Uh, and so we will have, we'll have them we by LVO then. We might have them by, well, by LVO. We should have LVO them by LVO because shipping, they are being shipped via a actual ship um, because, <laughs> well, right now shipping things by plane is expensive. Um, yeah. But uh, we should hopefully have them by LVO. Uh, so we can probably do some bulk deals for people who are traveling and want to bring home, you know, a bunch of dice. Um, but we'll 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 announce more and we'll talk in the Discord once we get those. As always, patrons have first dibs on them. And uh, yeah, so going into Chris is, oh. Chris is now going to send me that original photoshopped image, so that we can <laughs> produce merch of that Turbo's V8s. We'll put a credit at the bottom as well. And then at some point we'll do have jerseys and then we'll also have objective markers, which are also in the works for people. We should who put want. on something nonsensical, like a headband, or like a hat. We could do a headband or a hat. We'll figure it out. We'll put that image on some kind of merch so that everybody can own and be a member of Turbo's V8s. On that note, sure. we're maximally embarrassed Anthony because I'm about to get embarrassed a lot in return <laughs> while Jeremy gets to sit here and get away scot-free, but that's fine. Um, we'll do questions. Uh, oh boy. Jonathan Slay Johnson uh, wants to know what is the most fun army you have played competitively this year? Harlequins mm. was my, is the most fun I've personally had. Although I've also enjoyed the mortal wound bomb pre leviathan nerf that was a lot of fun where you had three zoanthrope units a maliceptor and two harpies that was kind of amusing um hmm. harlequins was up there harlequins was great because it was cathartic like i would play as harlequins and i would just windmill dunk custodies and tau and it would feel so good that I miss that a lot. But my favorite army without contest is my Emperor's Children. I yeah. love them. I would have been um, disappointed if you had said anything else. Yeah, my Emperor's Children are my boys through and through. I won the first major as CSM. Uh, I am loosely responsible for Vic thinking Abaddon is good. Whoops, sorry, UK. Um <laughs> Because he was like, it's not, it can't be that impactful. Come on. And I was like, try it. Let me know how you feel afterwards. Um, yeah, I, uh, Emperor's Children for sure. I am way more, way happier with them than I have been in almost anything the entire time. Even when I play Bile, I'm like, this is fun. But, you know, <laughs> I miss my boys. So what you're saying is not Tau. Not Tau, not Tau. <laughs> I played Tau once and... It was the worst. Army it was so bad that Anthony begged to have a list change for the vibe check. Week. Yeah, I was going to either change my list or stop playing. Like, there was no world. I would just end I up playing all play of your that. matches for you. Yeah, Another... I would have just been like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Sorry, I'm not doing that again. Another uh, fun thing you can do if you join our Discord is you can, and our Patreon, is you can participate in TTS leagues like our vibe check league Yeah, for 40k that's going on right now. Is there... Surely you're not actually going to make a flag out of that, right? Uh, hey, really, you, yeah, you don't want to underestimate him. 
It'll be fine. I'm going to get anyway. that image from Chris, and I'm going to send it to Hadar, and he's going to put it up on the walls for their tournaments. You might become the new Icelandic, like, mascot advertisement. <laughs> Just yeah. on the jersey now. That's the splash picture on the shoulder. <laughs> Fuck. Innis has called our Discord very cult-like, and he might not be wrong. He's, um, he's really not far <laughs> off. Um, yeah, and for myself, favorite army, hands down my Ravenwing. Um, I kind of had to put them aside because Nephilim made list building for them a lot less fun. A lot less fun. But uh, I had a lot. I had a, I had a run of, I think it was five or six GTs where I ran them, and they were a ton of fun. They hit hard. They moved fast. Um, they caught a lot of people off guard with how good they were. Um, yeah. And then Nephilim just kind of took away a lot of my fun things. Fair. Uh, all right. Uh, which of the army boxes would you suggest if a friend was interested in starting competitively? The night one. Knights, the Knights is a really good one. It's like very close to the competitive loyalist Knights build, I think. If you, well, you get that. You get that. Well, not even that. You get that, and then you buy two boxes. You buy three boxes of armagers. So it's. I think it's like four hundred and fifty US for that. that and that right. gets. And that gets you a complete uh, free big lance list. Or you buy two of the boxes, and you need to get some weapon sprues. But that'll get you the two plus seven build as well. Yep. Um, the the only other one that I would really consider would be the custodies one. Two of those um, is basically a competitive. Army. I wouldn't grab two of those because it has fifteen guard in it, a custodian guard in it. Thirty custodian guard could be a thing. That's a list. Hydar's in chat. Don't be rude. <laughs> I'm not being rude. I'm just saying <laughs> it's not it's not as good a list as it used to be. That's fair. True. Um, because you can't turn off rerolls and transhuman a ten man brick every single turn anymore. He only did that once when we played. He only needed to do it once. There's one more well, though. Do it once because of that. Um, the other ones, um, the Thousand Suns one is okay, but Magnus, the Admech one is atrocious. It's terrible. Uh, the Space Marine ones don't even come close to them. I'm trying to remember which one is the I've sisters forgotten. one okay. The sisters one is the actually not one terrible. Right. Yeah, uh, running theory is that the, the Space Marine ones are just going to have a new supplement in them, and they're just not going to have said anything. You're not the only one that has that theory, so it would be very funny if that proved to be true. You're the only ones with the guard supplement. You're like, what the fuck is this? It's an army of renown. There's just going to be army of renown rules in the boxes. Oh god! (laughs) The only way to get it will be from the boxes. It'll be great. Best FOMO box. We haven't heard anything about it because they're not play tested. They're all just like crusher stampede equivalents for those terrible factions. Don't put that into the universe, Anthony. (laughs) Do not manifest that energy. We do not need that right now. Raven Guard one gives Centurion. Let's do another question, Jeremy. (laughs) All right, next question. Oh God, do you think a list is good regardless of the terrain format, or do you tailor lists for the format you're playing? If so, what adjustments do you make? I think that's almost an entire episode, and we could even go back to last week's episode where we talked, where Anthony talked in us through building lists around GW sure. open terrain as opposed to UKTC and WTC. Yeah. And the differences that you see there. I uh, Maybe we should just have an a bonus episode where we talk about terrain and army list management forum. The short form answer to that too is that like if a terrain is if an army is good terrain agnostic, that army's too powerful. This is very true. <laughs> if you're just like I, mean, I don't care if there's no terrain or tons, whatever. I think- a good example of the terrain question is the Twilight Harlequins army, which is really good on GW terrain, 
but probably not as good on UKTC terrain where you can draw lines into those big Harlequin bricks and they just die. Yeah, you can't hide a 12-man Harlequin brick troop unit on uh, on WTC. You just die. Yeah. That's why I'm not playing Twilight Harlequins in our vibe check league, which is on WTC terrain, because they would just die. As is, I barely beat somebody playing a lot of flamers and was very sad as I watched all my boats go away. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Yep. Um, how do you start learning or becoming more familiar with optimizing fight phase movements and mechanics? Do you just uh, put models on a table and play it out with yourself? Tips or tricks for mastering the fight phase? Get beat up by a player that's better than you? Coaching. Those are really the only two ways to get better at nuanced shit like that. Yeah, and so, I think the biggest one is on the first side of that is get beat up by a player who's better than you who also will talk you through what you did wrong. Because a lot of people lack the, you know, or or the coaching aspect of it, but a lot of people lack the introspection to be able to look at, oh, I could have moved this thing an extra half inch that way, and that changes everything. Yep. So one of the ways you can practice some things, though, in that is just in practice games, like go into a practice game being like, I'm going to try to do combat this like trick like and that's how i learned some combat tricks is i was like i'm going to try pinning a unit so it can't consolidate into one unit by putting two units on either side and stuff like that like those or i'm going to try to charge a character so he can't heroic and then use equidistance to get myself out of engagement range during the consolidate during the pile and move yeah, like those like, are like, things you can practice in practice games and just have a goal for some stuff that you want to make sure that you do and like guide yourself through some of those things. But yeah, also, I, also getting beat up by people who are just good at combat is a great way to learn. <laughs> yeah. I will say that even the most experienced players I know still get caught off guard by the playing around heroic interventions by charging and making yourself equidistant to the character that could heroic and the unit that you wanted to fight, and they're just piling away from the character. Yeah. And the opponent just goes, yeah, I'm going to activate the character. No, you're not. No, you're not. Bye. No. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. You can fight great way next turn. To learn tricks is to have somebody do that to you, and then you never forget it ever again. This is very true. I, like, one person will do it to you, and then you'll be like, I see now how this works in real life, and I have just learned. Also, I just want to bring this up because it amuses me. <laughs> Hadar, I'm up for it if you can get the fifth best Custodes player in Iceland to in, to do it with me. <laughs> Speaking of really niche jokes that three people will get, but one person will get very upset about. Anyway. <laughs> Next question. All right. Uh, this is a question for Anthony because we are Innisless. Uh, now uh, that many countries, and kind of for me, actually, now that many countries are finalizing their eight for WTC, what's the process of allocating armies to each of them to practice and study? Uh, we wait. Yeah. That's what we do right now. We wait. Because things are going to change in the next six months. And from my perspective as coach for Canada, I'm more focusing as we start to narrow down our, our things on people that can play multiple factions or who can hop very quickly. Because while faction experts are very useful, right now things are in so much flux that, and we ran into this problem last year as Canada, where we didn't have a player who could switch factions when we recognized that we had two gaps in our army, in our in our armies. We were like, we need a Necron player. We need a, no, we, need, we need one or two night players. We yeah. don't have anyone who can do these. Seems bad. Because we're running with what we have. Yeah, that was good enough for ninth. Also, yeah, hello, I mean, I'm Camillary. 
I'm not I, I'm not unhappy with how we went how it went how it worked out in the end. Yeah. But we can always do better. Anthony? Um we're just waiting. Like we have a handful of like known starters for us at this point. Um but for a lot of us our faction flexibility is so wide that it's like not really a thing we're super worried about um in certain instances it matters right like i'm in of all the like team usa involved people at this point of which there are a fucking ton um speaking as the person who has to manage them uh like i'm still the only primary csm player like of all 20 something of us just me so like can i play a whole bunch of things sure but does that actually matter because no one else is going to play the thing that i play if it's good no so if csm is even vaguely functional and worth taking in a roster of eight i'll be playing that right so that narrows our selection a bit um Mm -hmm. but it just depends like if we end up in a situation where like we get to the last list and like you know we're up to nick and the last list is something real aggressive we're like "Hmm, something here is gone wrong if we're going to try and make nick run at people that just doesn't seem like a thing we should be doing i'm um, sure it'll work out <laughs> yeah i mean he'll figure it out he's that's that's the nick special right that's the brown magic baby but uh he is god's gift i don't understand this and i've now seen it happen in person he's just like yeah i'll uh i don't know i'll do some stuff over there and that'll figure it out and he's right he's right every time sometimes what do some stuff and figure it out is is he'll just go 20 for 22 on four ups sorry killing at motor city mayhem uh and like that's his solution that he just he was true he was like i messed up and now the dice will save me and then they do um so and then sometimes he holds white scars but that's its own you know story all right uh yeah so basically a lot of it is waiting a lot of it is making sure people are flexible enough that they can hop quickly because that's probably what's going to be needed again this year especially if uh we end up in yeah, YOLO white scars, especially if we find ourselves in uh, the uh, the mysterious world of 10th. Yeah. yeah, which I don't think. There's the possibility that that happens. It's, it's, there's a distinct possibility. It's not likely, but it's always a possibility. Um, <laughs> our Scottish conscience asks us, I missed last week's show. Can you recap it for me, please? Uh, Anthony gave Innes a very good lesson on how us open terrain works and what you need to be worried about and how you build around that i think that was the biggest takeaway from the last episode that's fair uh how do you this is a good one how do you guys set goals for performance at events if you're taking an army that's on the lower end of win rates such as marines do you focus on trying to hit a number of wins just go have fun and don't care about outcomes or play to win the event i don't set goals for events ever haven't since i started um it's just not a thing i do I play only the game in front of me, ever. I am never once been concerned about where it ends up at. Uh, Looking past the game that's in front of you is a really good way to lose the game that's in front of you. I have had people, when I was on the come up, and folks had no fucking clue who I was and didn't have a reason to yet, look past the game into me and die. Uh, And I've seen that happen... A million times now so i refuse to do that so i don't really set goals going into events like that it's more about like my personal performance and a lot of that is game to game and i can't know that before the event yeah for for me because i mean i 
like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I was I was playing Dark Angels, my Raven Wing for five or six GTs, and I switched to them because I was bored. I wanted to play something different. Dark Angels weren't in the best of spot, but I found a, a list that worked fairly well. I think I went, I averaged four and one. It was I usually would drop a game and event, maybe two at most. Um, and it was the goal was just to have fun with that. I was going to events, I was traveling, but really at the end of it, I wasn't going there to win. I was going there because I was hanging out with friends and I was rolling dice. Um, if you like, you can't like you can not set expectations like Anthony was talking, but you also need to be careful that you are accepting what possibilities are coming. That you don't that, that that you are okay with going three and three at a six round event. Yep. That you are okay with going right. four and two at an event when you usually go five and one, or when you usually win events. I think the thing the is chat. is like not to set you up for a set you up for a goal that leads to disappointment. Like if you're going to set yourself a goal, don't set yourself the goal that you are going to win an event necessarily, especially if you're at the lower end of a win rate for factions. Right. Like that can be a goal for some people because some people win a lot of events like Innis or Anthony. Like those are people who can set those kind of like goals. Common misconception. I don't actually win a lot of events. No, you don't. Yeah. Fine. Just no, like, like no, like <laughs> but I agree aside. with you. Like a lot of people are like, you win stuff all the time. It's just not true. Like I, in the year that I got best in faction Jakari, and I even to now, I've still, I just don't win like anything larger than a GT. And like winning a GT is still like an impressive accomplishment, but I've won one or two majors in Salt City and the one I won with Harlequins. And in general, I don't really win stuff. I usually just place high and end up in a podium. Um, yeah. Like you have, because I'm pulling up your stats because it's fun. Yeah. You won three events of the nine GT plus events that you went to this year, but you also had single digit placings at seven of those nine place events. Right. Yep. The only two that were you where you went four and two was Motor City with Tyranids and and Cherokee open with Jakari. Yeah. Yep. So like you uh, are a five and one player. Yeah. A thing Sean pointed out many, many moons on Adam Camilleri's show, which stuck with me very much so when I was on my come up, is that no one in 40k averages being undefeated. The first time you take that first fucking loss, even if you grind it down for forever and you go undefeated the rest of the season, you got a fucking smudge in your L column and you'll never replace that. So... And... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed <laughs> it, <laughs> Violet, and in once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the that thing has been true for ages. Like I literally, even last season, never won. Like I wasn't winning events even after I picked up Jakari and started winning a bunch until Mags gave me shit until I did. Um, and shout out to Maglin, the mysterious British man who lives in the Netherlands. Um, but yeah, it's it's a real thing. Um, I don't often win events i just perform well at them consistently and that's all i'm concerned with as a player and really it's that consistent performance that matters to you more than anything else and that consistent performance is what matters to me as well like i recognize i'm a full i'm an x and one x and two player can i push myself higher than that sure sometimes i do better than that but i consistently like that's the low that's the low end is x and two of what i do until i ran into sure. chris at war masters right <laughs> and i think that's fair i think it's the point 
the only point that I was trying to make is like to set yourself a goal that doesn't lead to disappointment because only one person can win an event. And setting yourself a goal to just do well, like break 500, is like an achievable goal that will make you feel bad. Yeah. Right. Like, like my goal at every event isn't a performance goal, it's an enjoyment goal. If I'm not having fun, it's not a successful event. If my opponents are not having fun, it's not a successful event. Like team event that I went this past weekend, I went there with the goal to score 100 points because I was running Votan and I knew that they're broken. <laughs> Didn't score. It scored only 80. But it was still one of those moments where like every single game, I made a point of making sure that my opponent was enjoying the game, was learning something, was rec was was getting something out of this aside from just dice being thrown. I think there's a good philosophy that I like try my best at most of the time is that I'd a lot of the time, this is maybe partially because I'm not going to win a lot of majors, but at the end of the day, I'd love to win more sportsmanship awards than I would love to win first place or best overall trophies. And like, that's not always going to be achievable. Sometimes you have a bad day and you play poorly or you have a bad day and you treat your opponent poorly. And it's good to go into games though, with the goal that you are going to give your opponent the best game that you can given the circumstances that you're in at any moment. And like, I feel like the game would definitely be better if more people took that goal into events. Like I think broadly. Yeah. All right. Uh, the year is 2025. Stephen box is emperor of all 40 K. What two factions do you pick to play for the rest of eternity? Uh, chaos and forces of the hive mind. Nope. Chaos and Aldari. I was going to say, I was surprised you didn't say chaos and space Marines because then you'd be able to play your blood angels and everything else. I would have to, I would sacrifice my blood angels to have access to Harlequins and Drakari. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. Imperium. <laughs> oh, Imperium, Imperium and Eldari probably because I'd also prefer to play Drakari. I'm sorry to my Tyranids, but I'll, I'll ditch you for that sweet, <laughs> sweet Harlequin action and Drakari action later on in life. Yeah. Does yeah. someone want to explain some context for that? So All right. So, <coughs> yeah. Uh, an email went out to, I'm assuming, Vanguard Tactics mailing list that was complaining about the state of 40K, um, namely poking fun at the fact that there were a few people that were running very similar or, if not identical, lists at the Leicester GT. Something that happens at every GT, I might add. Every single super major, you're going to have a few people that are running identical lists because one of the things that happens with this, with this game is we talk to each other and we converge on solutions to the meta. So it's not unusual to see a few carbon copy lists at any particular event. But they took issue with this and kind of pointed out very wrongly that maybe the way that the ranking systems for the UKTC and ITC should be changed that you lock in your factions at the beginning of the year. You choose two or three factions and those are the only ones that you can accumulate points for. You can play the other ones if you want. They're just not going to count towards your rankings. Um, and needless yes. to say, we just eviscerated that in our Discord earlier today because yep. it was such a dumb idea. I'm going to steal Anthony's suggestion now because I'm going to use it. Um, is that the idea that you need to be some kind of nerd Stradamus at the beginning of an edition is dumb. And like nobody can predict anything. And anybody who says they can predict the future of the game more than like the week in front of them, like maybe just the next few weeks in front of them and like the performance of factions is wrong. Like nobody is the Oracle. Like you're not, Nobody's going to be able to perfectly predict where things are going to go or how things are going to go. Nobody mm -hmm. was 
in the position to predict that Necrons were going to be winning a bunch of events when they were. And that's kind of slowed down a bit. But nobody predicted that. Like, that wasn't a thing that people predicted. Yeah. And you definitely wouldn't have known that at the beginning of the edition when GW said that, like, there were going to be a bunch of core restrictions, rerolls were going to be locked to a bunch of stuff, and the game looked different than it does now. Yeah. And, the and idea no one could that... have predicted that Tau would be good, Harlequins would be good. Like, if right. LVO ends and february 7th you have a deadline of february 7th to choose which factions you're gonna lock in for the year people would be like i'm gonna play custodes i'm gonna play Drukari. Mm -hmm. and then a month later tau's gonna come out and then harlequin's gonna come out a month later and you are just gonna be invalidated yeah. yep and i don't think we want to spend too much time on it yep. but it, it's so just like that's... the the idea behind it is garbage net listing isn't bad just do it like if somebody invents the wheel, don't reinvent it just because you want to be unique. Like, just use what works. All other, like, tabletop wargaming things do this. Tabletop card games do this. Online games do this with best builds. The yeah. idea that using something that is established to be efficient is wrong is such a dumb thing, and I hate it. Yeah. I think, in general, people try and give themselves bonus snowflake points after the fact. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen on the scoreboard. So, uh, too bad. Yeah. Bitch. Uh, good friend of the show, Adam Camilleri, does raise a really good point. I do agree with this. Uh, the only thing I want to see the ITC do is get UK out of European rankings. The sheer power of the UKTC invalidates a lot of other efforts in greater Europe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and also, also, they voted to leave. True. Did they? They like sort of did, and then they didn't, and then they like. We don't want to talk about UK politics. It's confusing. Yeah. Also, right. Alex had a good point before we totally leave this topic. Don't net list, but also join my coaching service, and I'll help you with your list. Well, he helps you in person, so it's not a net list. Oh, fair. Sometimes they're in person. The academy stuff's online, I think, as well, right? I'm really reaching here, man. What he said okay. was real fucking stupid, and I'm doing my best to cover the difference. Yeah. Okay. All right, Nathan. Let's keep going. Have you done any testing on expert bombardiers? And no, because Bourne's... List? No, because Bourne Soldiers is fucking dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brando doesn't the... know, expert bombardiers gives you plus one to hit when an artillery model makes a shot that is within 12 inches and visible to either a Sentinel or a Voxcaster unit as opposed to born soldiers, which makes a six to hit auto wound and count as a six to wound, which has a bunch of other, which has a few other fun interactions. Yep. And, and I'm not saying, I think one of the worst things about this book is that born soldiers is so good that it limits all of the, and I'm going to start gesturing wildly because Cliff Colt told me to, um, is that born soldiers is so good and the other traits are fine, but they're just not as good as born soldiers. So most of what you're going to see is born soldiers out of the guard book. There's some traits that are pretty good, but mostly you're going to see them on Kasserkin because Kasserkin can get a bonus one for free for some reason that they didn't need. Um, so they can get ignore cover for units within 18 inches, which is dynamite. Ignore um, heavy penalty. Ignore heavy penalty. You can give them mechanized so they can jump out of transports after the transport is moved. So you can go, 14 inches if you're inside of uh, the Scion transport, whose name I just forgot, and then pop out. Torox, that ugly Torox. shit. Yeah. Um, and then Games Workshop totally forgot that Scions like, exist at all and gave them nothing. 
basically. So scions are real bad right now. Um, how many units in a list should be geared towards it if you take expert bombardiers? If you're taking bombardiers, you're gearing your whole list towards it. You might as well yeah, you're taking gear your whole list. Take a maximum number of units that can go spot. Take a bunch of scout sentinels and then smack the crap out of your opponent with artillery. Like take 15, take the 15 mortars that Anthony talked about and then use expert potter spotters to help you out with it. Bombardiers. Sorry. Expert bombardiers. Yep. Do all that. I yep. do actually, to talk to Centaul um, via Twitch, I do hope Scions get something because they are definitely like they wholesale tossed scions into the garbage in this book, and I think it's unfair. I hope they get something, and I hope what the thing they get is, is legends. Oh. You know, if they did get legends, that would be better than what they got in the guard book, because what they got in the guard book was, your army just sucks. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, what are some T-Suns and Flamers rules folks are likely to misplay or get wrong to their advantage? Keep an eye on their cabal points. Yeah, that's. I think that's the biggest one. People is just under... invent costs for things for those <laughs> constantly. Don't be afraid to ask. Can I see the page in your codex where it says that you can double cast for four cabal points? Because I'm pretty sure that's eight cabal points. Just when they go to do their psychic phase, you'll be like, hey man, open up to the cabal points page real quick and like maybe keep some dice that tell me how many points you have right now. And let's work through this together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, a uh, system that tj lanigan showed me that works really nicely track your smites oh tj's got the psychic phase tracking down he is the only psychic phase from a thousand suns player that i've ever understood <laughs> yep he communicates it so clearly and so openly that it's like okay i know exactly what you're doing to me it hurts a lot but i yeah, know where sucks, it's coming okay. from yeah um i'm trying to think if there's any particular interactions that are unique to the demons in seasons uh the only thing i can think of is that um you don't get the the leadership manifestation. It's worth knowing that uh, if your event is allowing the Thousand Sons Cabal thing to let you double gateway or double bolt, which reminds me that I have to ask about that for Mythicos. Please do. Because broadly, I, I've seen that be accepted at this point. Yes. Because, um, and I've accepted it events that. that I run because rules is written and it's just what it says intended it's the way that it works it's just yeah. that it's the first time that we've had this kind of interaction where there's been a decent witch fire spell outside of t-suns where you still oh. get your rituals also Makes i was gonna say you also would just lose your ritual well there was the yeah because even chaos knights if you take a dread blade you don't get agent the agent of chaos doesn't do anything because they don't have the demon rider right all right let's continue yeah, Adam. all right um what is the right number of spore mines Zero in your army list, but three biovores shooting them every turn. Yeah, uh, this is from friend of the show, Francois. Uh, he brought 25 spore mines, like actual physical spore mines, to our no, team event like this weekend. 35. Uh, he never, he had 25 on the board once because most of the time they were spawning and then the next turn slamming into his opponent. Yeah, it's easy to accidentally just be like, I don't know. If your opponent plays conservatively, it's easy to just be like, they're behind this wall. If you come out, they'll run into you. If they just go, okay, I won't, then. Yeah, uh, he his kill count for the weekend of note was a crisis unit, a hive tyrant from full. 
Time to me at WDC. It was terrible. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and a smattering of war dogs and other smaller things. But the the crisis suit was definitely the one because his 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 Tau opponent realized, oh no, that's twenty five spore mines behind that building. I can't get away from this. Um. All right. <laughs> I'm skipping over I'm that, cheap. Nick. I'm sorry. I'm cheap, easy peasy lemon squeezy. If you want me to play three GTs with Imperial Fists and you have the army you can provide me with, I'll do it for if you pay my expenses to go to the to the events. That is like, cheaper. Whatever. Like if you pay for me to fly to an event, stay for an event, and then play at the event. Like if you want me to go to LVO and do it, that's different and we can talk about it. But whole different conversation. But I'll play Imperial Fist at three GT level events if you pay for everything, including the army. Because <laughs> I don't own an Imperial Fist army. It can show gotta, up. That's an expense. <laughs> that's that's a pretty easy one to manifest. Yeah. If you manifest it doesn't need to look like Imperial Fists, I'll figure it out. Like, man, is this how I show up to uh <laughs> to all this dust? To, to, to freaking all his dust or Mawa. In, yeah, all the way to Mawa for that. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll bring Imperial <laughs> Fists and I'll just be entertained all weekend. That's fine. Um, let's keep going. <laughs> all right. Aside from statistics, which branch of mathematics is most useful to the average 40k player? Basic arithmetic. Yeah, I would actually say that. Being able to quickly add things up on the fly and being able to do visual judgment. So like actual spatial awareness. I know that's kind of a weird one, but being able, you know, we don't have it anymore in 40k. We don't have guess range, but being able to quickly look at the table and say, "Yeah, I'm definitely within 36 inches for this for this move and everything." Oh no! Apparently, I'll go to New Zealand. I mean, I guess there's probably a GT in New Zealand that I can go to for Imperial Fists, Alex. Yeah. Oh, dice probability is probably helpful. The well, amount of we times... said outside of statistics, because oh, that is oh. probability. Yeah, probability is a statistics thing. That's, That's... what I was even lower than you. Jeremy, I was like, arithmetic so that you can add correctly. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Especially when you're playing flamers, being able to add 18 to any other number is a very valuable number. That's true. To have. The uh, amount of times that I see people go like roll five dice. This is statistics, but th that I see people roll five four up saves, fail three, and be like, is so funny to me. <laughs> it's great. What's our next question? And then All we right. should probably run to the things that I need to mispronounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're actually getting yeah, pretty close like to the end of the the, the the show question, so it's good. Um, all right. Uh, after Mythicos and all this dust, is there any future GT major, super major events sponsored or presented by StatCheck? Does anybody want to be sponsored by StatCheck? Like or presented by? Like I'm, I've got the Capital Clash series that I'm running in Ottawa that will probably end up adding StatCheck to just because I'm the one that's running most of the aspects of it um we put all his dust in there because nick wanted a website and i had a website present for him and i was judging the event um mm -hmm. uh, mythicos because we're all gonna be there is uh is is essentially a stat check event despite not having the name on it um i don't know i mean i always thought the idea of like doing some commentary and doing some stats for like super majors would be fun and we could put powered by stat check at the bottom of it if somebody wants that just let so me know there and uh, this may not happen, but there is some discussion with the with the transit at FLG that we may be supporting. I may be supporting them on day three of LVO. 
Um, we may have a powered by stat check thing on the stats. We may very well be because one of the things that I created that uh, I I was reading off of it earlier is because I've been tracking GT since the beginning of the ITC season, I have every major player's events. That's yeah. So you can pull it up and I can be like, Anthony went to these nine GTs and this is his record in his placement and what faction he played at each one. Yeah, if you want us to sponsor your event or support you in some way, just message us and we can arrange stuff. Like, we're not going to be against it just for whatever reason. You just need to communicate. <laughs> yeah. Um, what future GT and major events are you all planning to attend in 2023? Uh, I mean, LVO would be the first one for me, following which two weeks later, there is Stud or uh, Snotling, which is up here in Canada. Is that uh, two weeks after that? That is actually two weeks after LPO. Oh, that's going to be rough to negotiate. You're, you're coming because Brad is coming. We'll and TJ should be there to defend him, defend as well. We'll see. But Brad has to defend his title because he won last time. Yeah, Brad is king of Canada. Or at he least that's indeed. what he said when he won. I uh, haven't planned out my 2023 beyond LVO, to be honest, guys. I yeah, might, I'll probably a be, I'll might be a Mala in March, depending on like how things work out. That's like my I, birthday, so I just need to figure out how that's going to work out. Oh, you're coming up to uh, to to all this dust in March, right? Yeah, which one of us? Oh, both of you. That's in. Yeah, I am for that's sure. That's in Ottawa. Yeah, stupid it's in words. Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Words are mixing together in my brain. I'm trying to go to that uh, one because that's on my birthday. It'd yeah. Aside from that, the rest of my year is WTC whenever it happens to happen, and then Same I'll piece. fill it out because I'm I'm running five events next year. And then outside of that, I need to find a dozen or so to go to. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna be busy. I'm doing oh, WDC. I'm doing Alpine Cup. I, as of this morning, I'm apparently doing the Western Australian Team Championship. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on going to like one of the most isolated places on the planet. Um. So we'll see how all this shakes out. Um, yeah, it's gonna be wild. I have no idea. That every morning, pretty much at this point, I wake up and then I look at my whiteboard full of like forty k international events and coaching that I do. And then I look back at my computer and I go. It was just supposed to be something to do instead of, wow, what the fuck happened? And that happens to me almost every morning. And it's almost Same a job money. for you. Same. It's so close to just being my job at this point. Yep. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in show questions because we do have, we have, we are coming up well past our usual hour and a half. Uh, but I do want to, there are two more that I want to cover real quick. Uh, pending an FAQ to make the rules work, do you think GSC would benefit? You know what? Actually, that's a question for when that's Anis a, is back. That's an Anis question. Uh, and then, how have Mono Demon lists evolved since release, and do you feel it contributed to the rise in win rate percentage? I don't think it's going to change better than the Bloodthirster. Does Nurgle or Slanesh get to show up? I mean, Nurgle won an event recently because it was so just nothing bad. but T9 spam, but they're generally not that great. That's so um, I think the one thing that I have been seeing is less Bellacore. Um, I think there's a lot of, and more flamers and more trash, uh, more demonets and fewer blood letters, which I find is an interesting choice, but I could see why, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, just cause they're faster. You don't have to rely on deep strike charges. 
the 3d6 charge with the blood letters is really nice which does cost you cp which is you're sometimes short on um but yeah the biggest change i've mean i've seen is the fewer lists including bellacor yeah. and just taking 400 points of something else fair all right we've got some stuff for you to pronounce nathan the first one's easy it's ypsilanti like whatever guys it's just in michigan or ypsilanti <laughs> something like that uh from alex wangaray the northernmost 40k region in new zealand Am I supposed to be doing this like in a specific voice? Like, should I try to turn on my Minnesotan accent for this? Because yeah, you can always go full Wisconsin on it. Oh, Wisconsin! <laughs> I do love that, how both that of you TikTok got that. Channel is so good, though. If you are on TikTok, go find the Wisconsin TikTok channel because it's so good. Um, honestly, I hope that somehow she hears about that. <laughs> we figured out that that's so funny. Uh. <laughs> the Scottish conscience, which is just Chris Irvine asked, uh, Edinburgh, uh, is Worcester is just Wooster, I assume, unless it's <laughs> different from the way that Americans do it, and it's like Worcester or something. Dude, what the fuck is that last one? You're gonna summon an elder god if you say that. <laughs> that's, if I remember correctly, that's Welsh. It's the longest. Yeah, it's Wales. It's like the longest city name or something silly. And if you want to hear it pronounced correctly, you can look up Tom Holland pronouncing it because he's like from wales or something like that or not tom holland it's uh the other guy from the spy parody mill film i can't remember anymore uh king kingsman the actor from the first kingsman film he's yeah. from there one of the two nailed it <laughs> dude i don't know anymore wooster yeah we're gonna go to wooster i don't know anybody else what what else do you got for me that's all that's anything Okay, you don't drive a DMs. Uh, let's just quickly scroll back to... to see if there are any big questions in the chat, but I don't think there were too many that didn't cover along this. Oh, I uh, hope not, eh? Because we're almost on two hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do the whelp and then like hit your legs and get up and wait. Right? Here, whelp. <laughs> now our podcast goes on for four more hours you know because we're just gonna have some beers and then go look at the boat and then we're gonna go fishing and then we're gonna have another beer and then we're gonna have some hot dish and then we're gonna keep going and then we'll slap a knee again which is how you get to the third third <laughs>